welcome back to another episode of Librarians with Lattes. As always, I'm your host, Amanda Lau, Outreach and Marketing Librarian here at the University at Albany. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by one of my esteemed colleagues, Jesus Alonso Recalado, and someone who is becoming a frequent flyer here on Librarians with Lattes, Librarian Ambassador Fiona Hernandez. I'm so happy to have you both here today, and how are you doing? Great. I'm doing great as well. Wonderful, wonderful. Before we dive into today's main conversation, as is tradition on this show, I must ask you both, what have uh, you been drinking this morning? Of course, lattes. Lattes, of course. That's what I do every day in the morning. It's not a latte for me. It's green tea, as always, because um, that has a lot of caffeine for me. So I'm up bright and early for the morning. I, of course, didn't give myself enough time to get to Starbucks this morning, so I've just been drinking water, which is good for you anyway. Water is great to start the day. <laughs> All right, so let's dive into today's conversation. Fiona, I'll let you kick things off and start the conversation. Sure. So today's um, Librarians with Lattes podcast, I'm here to interview Jesus Alonso Regalado. He is a subject librarian here at UAlbany for History, Latin American Studies, and he was awarded the I Love My Librarian Award for the Amer from the American Library Association. This award celebrates the accomplishments of exceptional public school, college, community college, or university librarians. So I want to thank you, Jesus, for being here today uh, for the Librarians with Lattes. And my first question to you is, what made you interested in being a librarian? Uh, it wasn't because I love books. Some people say, well, I want to be a librarian because I love books. I love them, but that wasn't the reason uh, to become a librarian. It was actually, I always, since I was uh, very young, I wanted to connect people with information, with, well, there's this movie in town or this exhibit or, or whatever. So I always wanted to do that since I was very, very young. And my mother told me that that was, that, that was surprising for her that I always want to connect people with information or with things that I thought that it, they, could be, they could be interesting for them. And, and that's what we do as librarians. We connect people with, with what they need. Mm -hmm. so. So I'm assuming when you were a kid, you would go to the library, uh, libraries and um, you liked that atmosphere of librarians having to help you with information that you needed. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I'm from Spain and in my hometown, Salamanca is like a town two hours uh, to Madrid, the capital of Spain. And it's kind of similar size of Albany. And uh, we have a good network of public libraries. And yeah, I would go there and always it was a very special place for me to, to go. So. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, you said because, you know, people think like, oh, people want to be librarians because of just books, but librarians isn't, you know, they don't just want to be a librarian just because of books. What else about the libraries is it that you really like? Is it, you know, the films and the movies that they have here, the research? What is it that draws you to a library? And I think that um, in our society now we need spaces where people meet. Uh, and especially that's more and more important as more of the space becomes private. I think libraries is one of the few places that is still there for the public, where people can meet, they can connect to each other, they can learn together. Uh, like one service that is very popular uh, here, and Amanda knows this, is the, the, the spaces there for group work. Those are always busy. When I'm at the reference desk, many times students come and we have to tell them, well, we don't have more available. 
So there is a demand for the students to have these spaces for collaboration, for example, to work together. So uh, let's think about libraries not just as places where there, there, there is, you can find sources, you can find books, but spaces where actually we meet to, to accomplish different things or to meet to know each other. Mm -hmm. And I think that's essential in our society, to have those spaces. That's very interesting you say that because when I um, worked as a, I volunteered at a library in high school, and I noticed that there weren't that many kids my age that volunteered at libraries and didn't really attend uh, libraries. But now that I'm in college, I notice that many people go to the libraries and it's, it's a place to meet, to study, to just do homework and just a nice place to um, meet other people. So that was very interesting you mentioned that. Um, what made you decide to become a librarian for history, Latin American studies, and Romance languages? Okay, I always wanted to be a librarian for Latin American studies and uh, Spanish, Spanish resources. And I actually, back in Spain, I studied both uh, an undergraduate library in library science, which I think the US, you only have the masters, but there you, you can do an undergraduate. And I combined that with studies in Latin American and Spanish, like. Uh, Linguistics and, and culture. The, the reason I have history is because the history librarian left and, uh, and I got that subject. And it's interesting because, I mean, sometimes we are assigned subjects. Uh, in this case, I mean, I didn't have, of course, I mean, I can be an expert in Latin American history, but of course, being an expert in world history, I mean, it's impossible. But uh, the reason I actually, uh, because I had the choice at some point to, to have another subject instead of history. The reason I kept it is because I love the faculty and the students in history. Mm. And that's something important also as a subject librarian, that if you actually make a connection with your faculty and the students that you serve, you actually, I mean, that's, that's forever. I mean, and you want to kind of stay with them, no matter if you have maybe the subject expertise. And, and then, of course, over time, you develop, right? The expertise mm -hmm. and so. a connection with them. Yeah. Can you maybe tell me what um, your uh, life is like as a subject librarian on a day-to-day -day basis? Are you always meeting with students and helping them with? Um, yeah. What I like about my job is that it's never boring, and every day is different. But basically, I would say that we uh, we take care of like four things. One is collection development, build the collection, and now in these times where I mean. Uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion is so important. Subjects like Latin American studies, languages, I mean, so important, right? To make sure we have a strong collection there. Mm -hmm. uh, the second area will be like research support, like helping uh, students and faculty with the research projects, with their like, even if, one thing that I do uh, a lot is when they travel to another country, I, uh, to do research, I, I connect them with libraries and art and archives there. So if they go to Cuba or Argentina, I have a network of librarians, so I put them in contact with them. <laughs> That's also that they, they value. The third aspect will be a specialized reference, uh, which, I mean, uh, in addition, I mean, we, we have also some hours at the reference desk, but then we have more like, we meet the students with more specialized needs in our subjects. And the fourth aspect uh, will be like uh, information literacy, uh, I teach a lot of classes about like how to find information, how to evaluate information. And I actually co-teach uh, a course with a teaching faculty on uh, Latin American study, uh, studies methods. Mm, interesting. So, what would you say is um, one of the difficult things about being a subject librarian? 
Well, difficulties, I mean, the thing is that you have to know a little bit about everything. And there, there is always like constant things to, to learn. One, one aspect that I forgot to mention, uh, connected to your previous question, is the outreach aspect. And uh, I mean, Amanda, that's does all the kind of general outreach yep. aspect, right? And you do a lot of that, yes. especially you go to all the fairs and you go to, that's how it work. And what we do is more like outreach, but targeted to our departments, the departments that we, we serve. Mm -hmm. uh, so that can be very time consuming and you always have to learn things. For example, now in, in this university, we have an open access policy. I don't know if you're aware of that. So now our role is to actually make sure the faculty and the students in our dep the departments that we serve, they understand what the implications of that open access. We encourage them to include their research outputs in our um, institutional repository, Scholars Archive, etc. But then you have to learn about um, open access. Or for example, digital, digital scholarship, which is, I mean, anything related to connecting research and the digital world, which is a huge field you at least need to know the basics to try to at least start to help your students and faculty. In a nutshell, every time something new happens in the library world, you have to find a way to translate and communicate that to the people you serve. And as a Sabi librarian, we serve the students and the faculty for the departments that we are in charge for. So, mm -hmm. It's very interesting because I think you kind of just delved into some of the hard things about being a librarian, which is there's lots of research, there's always something new, new topics that you have to uh, look for. And can you explain to me about, you? because you're originally from Spain, and you've studied about library science back in Spain, how you came to UAlbany and uh, here at the libraries and what you really enjoy about the UAlbany libraries? Well, it was a long journey, so I, I will try to keep it short. I came as a student to the U.S. back in the late 90s. I got a Fulbright, which is a, it's a grant that allows me, like a fellowship, allows me to study uh, here in the U.S. And my master's is from Pittsburgh, University of Pittsburgh. I worked there for a while. Then I, I did a few like visiting librarian positions, one at the University of Notre Dame in Indiana, and then another one at the Hispanic Division at the Library of Congress. At that point, I either have to leave the country and go back to Spain or try to find a more like permanent job here. And actually, as Amanda might know, getting a job at a university takes a while. From the moment uh, a job ad is advertised, yes. <laughs> until you actually get the job, it's several months. So actually, I have to go back to Spain. I got a job there as the, I was managing as a solo librarian uh, a library in a think tank. And then, like several months after I was there, I got the offer from UAlbany. And at that moment, it was hard to decide what to do. Because so I was happy there, I was in Madrid, and uh, of course my family is there. And so, um, my mentor of the time really helped me to make the final decision. And, and he asked me, well, what do you really want to do, I mean, uh, as a career? And the things that I wanted to be a Sabi librarian, unfortunately, there are no Sabi librarians in Spain. Mm. We don't have that kind of job profile. And I made the decision, I came here, and I'm, I'm glad I did. I'm very happy. Mm -hmm. That's interesting that they don't, um, 
only there's no subject librarians in Spain. So if you were in Spain being a librarian, would you just um, be doing any sorts of books, children's books, adults' books? Yeah, it would be more general. Like in an academic library, it would be more general. For many years, the main focus was on cataloging. Mm -hmm. Things are changing now, but uh, slowly. But we don't have like experts uh, like we have here, like in, in different subjects, mm -hmm. which is unfortunate. I mean, it would be great to have it. I think it's something important. And you mentioned too that history now is uh, one of your new topics as a subject librarian. Is there any other topics that you're interested in um, going into as a subject librarian? Are you allowed to change other topics or? No. Uh, you mean in, the, in terms of the disciplines? Yes, the disciplines. Well, I mean, it depends. I mean, sometimes what happens is that if, let's say, my one subject librarian retires or moves to another institution, then maybe some subjects are put on the table and then maybe things switch. But um, I'm happy with what I have now. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, if you were not pursuing this career path as a librarian, what, would you, what do you think you would be doing right now? That's hard. <laughs> That's a hard question. But I love traveling. Wow. And, uh, and actually, I mean, many people think that librarians, what we do is that we sit in front of a table, in front of a computer, and we're all the time there. And some people think that we just sit and read. <laughs> and that is very different. And in my case, it's way the opposite. Like, I travel, especially, of course, before COVID, I used to travel several times every year to actually acquire books for the library. I go to the largest Spanish-speaking uh, book fair, which is in Guadalajara in Mexico, mm -hmm. and I travel there, uh, and I buy books for the library. And, uh, so, uh, and then I travel for conferences. So I mean, I'm moving around all the time, which is very opposite to this idea of the librarian sitting right in front of a, or in front of a screen. Uh, so connected to your question, I think what I would do is maybe traveling and maybe buy, uh, maybe um, write like travel guides or blo blogs about traveling, things like that. <laughs> or uh, maybe being a tour guide? Uh, well, actually, I used to be a tour guide. I was oh. a tour guide in France for a few years. Uh, I, my French used to be better than my English. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was a tour guide also in, in my hometown. So actually, I have a, a background in, in that field. Mm. I love it, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe that's why, too, you like that uh, history as a discipline. Yeah, yeah. Because, okay. Um, you know, there's this one thing, too, I wanted to ask you, because I listened to your speech that you gave um, when you received the I Love uh, My Librarian Award. And you said that I wanted to be a librarian so that I could, I could connect people with the information they need. This task, in all its intricacies, is the basic tenet of a profession that fills my heart with joy. We all have librarians we love, and if you don't, then go find one. And can you tell me about a defining moment of your career as a librarian where you really felt like you helped somebody and that just made you feel good to be a librarian? Yeah. I don't know if there is like a defining moment like that. That, that would be very cinematographic, right? It would make a good film. <laughs> <laughs> but I think every week I have like those moments where I feel that that kind of connection that makes, makes you feel like you have made a difference. For example, like this week, there's a PhD student that right now um, he's in Virginia and he needs some books that we only have in print that I'm, I'm getting from Central American countries. 
like Honduras, El Salvador, very hard, find, uh, hard to find books. We have found a way, thanks to our great team here in Interlari Loan, don't you know Angela Persico? I don't know her. She's great. And, uh, sure. and we have found a way, we have this service where we actually, we can, we can send books to students that for different reasons, they're not on campus. So you're making a difference to a person and it's very tangible. I mean, you see that. That's what, one of the things that I like about our profession is that we see kind of the impact that we, that we make in people. Like we, do, we see that every week or even every day. And that's very satisfying as a, as a librarian. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you really like working with students. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. very much yeah. so. Um, oh, well, I guess I have these two uh, questions to ask you about what's the best advice you can give to students but also, what's the best advice you can give to someone who might be interested in a, a career as a librarian? Yeah, I mean, different things. Uh, okay, first, first, the, what I said uh, early on in this uh, podcast, um, if, you, if you like books, nobody's going to pay you your salary just because you want to read books. So you need, um, I think one thing that I, I like about librarianship is that we have jobs for every personality. For example, if you are kind of a sh shy, kind of introvert person, then, um, and you're detail-oriented, you might like to become a cataloger, right? Mm -hmm. But then if you like more being with people, surrounded by people, and uh, being have more kind of social, then you want a job more similar to what Amanda does, okay. like an outreach librarian. If you like a specific discipline, you may want to be a savvy librarian. So um, people may think when they don't know what librarianship entails that it's it all looks the same, but no. I mean, it can look very, very different. And, uh, and I think basically we have a job for different personalities, different ways of, of looking at things. And I think that's one of the things that I like about this profession, that libraries have... I think something for for everyone, and you just, so I, I think that um, I will tell I mean people interested in librarianship to keep their options open and and ask librarians. I mean, ask about what we do because I mean I think I think it's hard to see what we do right just when you're a user and you just come here and maybe the, your only interaction is when you you are checking out books. Mm -hmm. So please contact us, reach reach, reach out to us and. Uh, because, I mean, the librarianship world is, is endless and it's always changing. Like now, like new fields like open access, digital scholarship, there is always something different. But I will say something that I think is very important is that if you don't, if you don't like technology, that will be a problem. Because I think technology, it's something growing. And, and now, I mean, especially what we've learned, I mean, during these COVID times, is that, I mean, a lot of things are going to be become more and more virtual, COVID or not COVID. So you need to, to love, or you have to feel comfortable using technology. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I think it's interesting you brought up how like there are different subject librarians, there's even an outreach and marketing librarian. Did you ever think about um, being one of, like an outreach or marketing librarian, or um... uh, I, I think I'm an, I'm, I'm Amanda. <laughs> oh no! Amanda, Amanda. No, I wouldn't like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I like doing outreach 
but more focused to specific groups. For example, I have Facebook groups where I actually I have one for Latin American studies, where I actually like send information to the students. In other cases, like in history, the history graduate students, they have a group. So I contribute to that group. So, I mean, I do outreach in many different ways, mm -hmm. but I like more like just targeted to my departments. Nice. And I think we need both. We need the one more like reaching to everyone, what Amanda does, and also the more targeted one. I think they complement each other, but I, yeah, I wouldn't like just to be, uh, yeah, I'm glad Amanda is doing this job. I will say it is important definitely to have both because there's no way, even though I try to reach everyone, having subject librarians directly you know, liaison with departments makes my job a lot easier because I outreach through you guys too. I send you things that we got going on, more general things, and you can talk to your faculty and students about that. So yeah. it definitely, like you said, complements. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I think this was very interesting because, you know, people always think of right like like librarians and libraries as just books, but that's there's much more that it just, you know, entails than just books. There's research, there's technology, um, new topics um, that librarians have to research. Yeah. So. And even beyond that, I think the only way that libraries will prevail in the future and will assist is that if we make sure that users, they feel like they are the library. Mm -hmm. So they are part of the library and we can do that in many different ways. For example, making sure they feel that the, the spaces we have, they are their spaces. Or as a savvy librarian, making sure that they feel like they're also part of building the collection. So for example, when I go to, um, to Mexico, for example, to buy books, I send pictures of covers of books in the book fair, and then the students, they can tag themselves with their names, like, I want this book, I want that book. Mm -hmm. So they feel they're also part of building the collection. So there are a lot of ways to make sure that they feel they are the library. It's not like a space like separate from them, but they are actually are uh, these. They are the library, basically, in a nutshell. Yeah. And I think if we don't achieve that, uh, I think we will disappear. Mm -hmm. But I think we will continue to achieve that. I have hope for libraries. Yeah, but, but I mean, for those that think that it's uh, libraries a space with stuff, that's not, uh, not if, if it will be just that, I think we will like lose our, our kind of uh, sense of, of belonging to, I mean, to the, to the community. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah, no, it's, it's more than just books. There's even like, I learned at the library how to, you know, work with uh, Photoshop here because there's yeah. workshops here. I can be a part of the library ambassadors. I can be a part of this podcast. I can learn about, um, you know, research methods here. So yeah. I think libraries do serve an important function for our society. I agree with that. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I don't think you touched on the advice for students, so I'm going to go oh, back to that because yeah. I think it's very important that uh, with your such a well of knowledge, Jesus, what is the best advice that you can give to students during their time here at UAlbany? Well, I mean, take advantage of everything, everything we offer. Uh, I mean, we have like so many, many different services. Uh, so, I mean, don't be shy. <laughs> <laughs> Ask questions. We're here to help. And uh, I mean, we are here because of you. I mean, 
So, and, uh, and also, I mean, if, if you notice that there is a service that you would love to have in the library and we don't, please let us know. Yeah. yeah, actually, we have a group here in the library, right, where we, it's a group of students, right? It's advisory Student group. advisory board, yeah. yeah. And actually, that's an important function because, I mean, we that we work in libraries, um, we don't look at libraries with fresh eyes. So we need students and coming students with fresh eyes to tell us, well, why you don't have this, why you don't have that? And many times, I'm sure, we haven't thought about it. So actually, we need your feedback. Yeah, yeah 100%. Um, well, thank you both for joining me today. Uh, before I get to my last question, I just wanted to share a fun fact. The reason why this podcast is named Librarians with Lattes is actually uh, through a program that you were doing, Jesus, if you want to talk a little bit about what Librarians with Lattes was prior to being a podcast. Uh, that's funny, yes. So the Librarian with a Latte, it was actually a service where we provide like research support, like a kind of a specialist reference to students in a coffee shop we used to have at the um, campus center. And it was great because sometimes, I mean, some students feel intimidated by like coming to the library and talk to a librarian, but if they just pass by while they're having a latte, they, they actually, they told us that they felt very comfortable asking us questions there. So it was very successful. We actually integrated also library interns to work with that uh, service. Unfortunately, that coffee shop was destroyed then uh, the extension of the university center was made. And now, as, as you guys might know, the Starbucks uh, doesn't have a, like a coffee shop space. Yeah. It's just a kind of grab and go. <laughs> so that service disappeared. Um, in a way, I mean, I've been extending that more in the virtual world, where I meet with students virtually through Zoom, et cetera. But that was a great service. But yeah, I mean, life goes on and things come and go. Yeah, It does, and now it lives on namesake podcast. So yeah. thank you for that wonderful um, service when it was here and uh, for inspiring the name for our podcast. Uh, so our final question uh, that we end every show with is what are you reading either for research, pleasure, or you find pleasure in what you're reading for research? Um, so what are you reading? Jesus, you'll start us off. Well, I'm, I'm actually reading a graphic novel that I, I'm enjoying it. Uh, it's in Spanish. Uh, I hope it will be translated soon. And it's actually focused on the three last years of Oscar Wilde. You know, Oscar Wilde. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, he was in prison. Mm -hmm. And then once he was released, he actually spent his last three years of his life in Paris. And the, the graphic novel, it's very thick, it's a graphic novel like oh, this. Gee. <laughs> and it's focusing on those three years, and it's fascinating. Hopefully, it gets translated into English. And, uh, and actually, now that you, I'm talking about graphic novels, uh, I'm encouraging you guys to, to check out our graphic novel collection here in the, in the libraries. It's growing, it's, it's great. Uh, and uh, we have actually graphic novels not only in English, I mean also in other languages. And who doesn't love a good graphic novel, oh, right? It's one of my favorite genres to read. Yeah. 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 I agree. What about you, Fiona? What are you reading right now? Well, Amanda, I think you'd love this because I know you love true crime. Uh, <laughs> and I actually have to read this book. It's for one of my uh, courses in literary journalism. I have to have it finished by next week, and I have a test on it. Uh, but it's really good. I can't even seem to put the book down. It's In Cold Blood by Truman Capote. Oh, no, yeah. I have yet to read that. It's on my yeah, list. Me oh, <laughs> yes. It is very good about this family um, who they were actually murdered in cold blood out in 
uh, Holcomb, Kansas. And I'm up to the part where they're trying to figure out just what happened to them. You know, they were such a great family, but they were also a little wealthy. They had some money. And, um, you know, it was a small town out in the Midwest where people didn't lock their doors at night. And after that, people started locking the doors. They were very nervous. They were very scared. So it's a very interesting book. Um, but I think it would be a great book for you to read. I'll have to just put that on my TBR pile and just get it done. <laughs> um, as for me, um, I'm reading, uh, as, as a lot of people know, if you've seen me in the libraries and you've seen my Star Trek tattoo, uh, I'm a huge Star Trek fan. So uh, Brent Spiner, who plays Commander Data on the show, uh, wrote a uh, what he's calling a mem noir um, that is called fan fiction. And it's, he says it's inspired by true events. Um, but it, it reads more like fan fiction than anything else. So you don't know what is actually true and is this something that happened in his life or is it something he's making up? Um, and it's a bit of a mystery uh, to it. So it's been really interesting and Brett Spiner is a phenomenal actor and uh, speaker and um, I'm really enjoying it. So if you're a Star Trek fan, I recommend uh, checking that out. Uh, again, thank you both for joining me today. It's been fun. To all our Librarian with Lattes listeners, thank you for sticking with us. As always, I'm Amanda Lau. And if you haven't been able to get to the libraries lately, what are you waiting for? We hope to see you soon.